Grab your Bibles, hold them up, please. I want you to take one-third or 30% of your Bible. Try to figure out where one-third or 30%. If you divided your Bible into three parts, find one-third of your Bible. Just one-third of your Bible and just make a note of that. Why? Did you know your Bible, one-third of it is Bible prophecy? That's exactly right. One-third of your Bible is Bible prophecy. I'll tell you something, uh, something last night happened that has not very seldom ever happens. I had been planning and praying, and the Lord had led me to preach a message today on a different subject. However, last night, as I got home from uh, being here and setting up and things, uh, the Lord began to change my heart. And so uh, I want to obey the Holy Spirit. And uh, I want to share with you the brief time that I have with you this morning, a message entitled, Time Out Before Time's Out. Time out, time out. And I think there's probably some of us today that need to take a time out. You know what time out means, don't you? How many of y'all are busy? Let me see your hand. How many of you are busy? Let me see your hand. Come on, only a few people are busy? Hello. Everybody's busy. Everybody's got something going on. Time out. I believe the Lord calls us time out every once in a while to stop and to, as the old song says, I had an uncle tell me one time, he said, Brother Randy, you need to stop and smell the roses. I'm the world's worst at being busy and running here and there and something to do and 10,000 things to catch up. And if I'm not careful, I can forget to just rest in the Lord. Amen. I can just forget to, to just uh, realize that life, time out, before time's out, time out. Now, here's where we're going today in the message. It's going to be a little different, so y'all hang in there. But what we're going to do is take a little journey in the Bible, and I want to share with you what uh, the Lord has put on my heart, and that is uh, we're going to look at five areas where we need to recognize that Bible prophecy is being fulfilled. Many of you are coming on Sunday night. Some of you are not. Many of you are. Some of you I may not have heard some of the things that uh, I'll be sharing today. Maybe you have. At any rate, I feel like the Lord would have us to recognize some things that are going on. And uh, by the way, I cut out of the newspaper this week. Did you notice this week? Uh, can y'all see over there on the side there? I know it's kind of, I, I came in last night. Maybe that'll help you a little bit. Can you see better there? You can see the screen. Uh, can you see this right here? 70,000 Muslims were on their face at the Temple Mount. This was just Friday. Why? Because of Ramadan. Ramadan is one of the five pillars of Islam. And this just happened, uh, as I said, last Friday. Uh, I had the privilege of going up here to the Temple Mount, and you can see uh, these 70,000 Muslims on their face. Now, uh, I, I want to say this very carefully because there's probably going to be some Muslims tuning in by way of live stream. The Lord has had us to deal with Islam at least on two different occasions on our YouTube page and uh, dealing more in detail the difference between Islam and Christianity. Therefore, my objective right now is not to go into that, and nor is it to, uh, uh, to be an expert on the Muslim belief. However, I'll give credit where credit's due. 
And that is, you got to give the dedicated Muslims credit. They are willing to die for what they believe, even though it's, in my opinion, not right. However, here's my dilemma. Today, it's hard to get Christians to live what they believe, let alone die for something they believe. I mean, the commitment level on the average Christian today is at best hit and miss. And so let's just be honest. But at any rate, I'll say to my Muslim friends, and by the way, when we were over in Turkey, 98% Muslim, I was walking down the road, uh, and I, it dawned on me, 98% Muslims in Istanbul, Turkey, and Turkey, and here I am, a Christian from America. My guide, 36 years old, named Nazem, was a Muslim, a nice young man, very knowledgeable young man. And uh, he, uh, I called him aside and I said, Nazem, uh, I want to ask you a question. If you died, would you go to heaven? He said, I don't know. And I began to share with him Jesus, how Jesus Christ changed my life and how he's the living God. He's not a dead God. He's not in the tomb anymore. And he gives life, he gives peace, he gives joy, and thank God he is a living God. Well, Nazem, listen to me as we went into a Muslim mosque in Istanbul, the Blue Mosque. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but it's a, I mean, magnificent building, and the imams and Muslims were praying. But by the way, and those of you that may be totally oblivious of what goes on on Sunday morning, I appreciate the uh, taping of those who are still not ready to come back to church and others and throughout our state and even in America still tune in uh, to our live stream. And therefore, I want to tell you that uh, I believe that uh, I'm going to share with you some things in just a moment that I want you to listen very carefully. We've had some interaction on our YouTube with uh, with the Muslim world as to uh, the YouTube presentations of Islam, Islam 1, Islam 2, and the Quran. Now, I shared this to share with you what I'm fixing to bring up again. This is current events, beloved. This is this week. I think this is very relevant and applicable to our Christian life to know where we're at as a nation, to know where we're going, and then know what God wants you to do and me to do. Time out before it's time's out. Did you know that our president, whom we need to pray for, President Biden, we need to pray. The Bible teaches 1 Timothy chapter 2, we need to pray. How many of y'all praying for the president? Let me see your hand. Whether I agree with him or not is not the issue. The issue is I need to pray for him. Now, I must admit, President Biden reminds me kind of like that husband and wife that was a little forgetful-minded. I get a little forgetful-minded too. The husband said to his wife, he was sitting on the couch, he said, Honey, I want you to fix me a bowl of ice cream. Don't forget now. Uh, he said, I want you to go get me some vanilla ice cream in the freezer. She said, Okay. He said, I want you to put some chocolate on it. She said, Okay. He said, I want you to put a cherry on the top of it. She said, Okay. He said, Can you remember all that? She said, I sure can. He said, All right. So away she went to the kitchen. She comes back from the kitchen. She brings back the ice cream. It has chocolate on it. It has a cherry on it. He went, hmm. She said, what's wrong? He said, you forgot the toast. All right? You forgot the toast. You'll have to think about that a minute. But uh, how many of you know it's easy to get forgetful-minded these days? 
Here's what our president said on Friday. Here's what our president said. He said, Muslims, and here's the website, Muslim Americans have enriched our country since our founding. Where does this fit in Bible prophecy? That's what I want to briefly share with you as we race through the Bible when it comes to the unfolding of end-time events. Again, he says, uh, since our country was founded. Now, this is not quotes. This is an article I cut out. You can see the website here. They are as diverse and vibrant as America. They have helped build, said the president. And, uh, but, Biden said, Muslim Americans continue to be targeted by bullying, bigotry, and hate crimes. And his administration will work to protect the rights and safety of all people. Continuing in the article, this is what he said. I quote, this prejudice and these attacks are wrong. They are unacceptable and they must stop. No one in America should ever live in fear of expressing his or her faith, he said. He also pledged to stand up for human rights, and he mentioned several places in the world. This was Friday of last week, okay? And then he said, as we remember those who we have lost since last Ramadan, we are hopeful for brighter days ahead. Now, here's what caught my attention. Now, let me just clarify for those of you wondering, what is Ramadan? It's, a, again, one of the five pillars of the faith, and it's in reference to Muslims setting aside one month out of the year to fast for various uh, religious reasons, etc. Here's what the president said. The Holy Quran reminds us, did you hear that? I enlarged that on purpose. The Holy Quran reminds us that God is the light of the heavens and earth who leads us out of darkness into the light. With all due respect to my Muslim friends, I've got news for you. The God of the Quran is not the God of the Bible. And I'm sorry if you disagree, but I respectfully disagree that Allah is not the same God of the God of the Bible, nor is the Quran can, can hold a candle to this book right here. This is the Word of God, inspired of God, and prophecy is absolutely mind-boggling in comparison to the Quran. And so I disagree with my Muslim friends. By the way, I talked with a lady who's a Muslim. She works at the doctor's office. How many know that when somebody's got a needle in your arm, you got to be careful, all right? She's a nurse, and she's got the needle in my arm. I said, by the way, are you a Christian? She said, no, I'm a Muslim. I said, really? I said, well, tell me about it. Why did you become a Muslim? And da-da-da-da-da. And so we talked and talked and talked, and I said, well, I'm going to pray for you. I saw her not long ago. She remembered me. Can you imagine somebody remembering me? Anyway, uh, so I, but my point is this, that uh, the Bible is the Word of God. And here's what we're going today. I want to walk through the biblical confirmation, the great evacuation, the terrible tribulation, the mighty revelation, and the final destination. Now, you notice today I'm using a little bit of different approach in the exegetical, homiletical analysis of presenting the Word of God, namely what we call preaching. But I want you to follow with me. We're going to hit the highlights rather than take a text and dive in from that perspective. We're going to take the events and follow that trend as we go along. Before I go any further, I want to lift up this time in prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we thank you. Your word is alive. It's sharp and any two, sharper than any two-edged sword. We thank you for the fulfillment of the word of God in the past 
And yea, right before our very eyes, our Lord, the Word of God is coming alive because you are who you say you are. And we know without a shadow of a doubt, fully confident that your Word is going to come into fruition just like you have proclaimed it would in the coming days. So, Father, I want to take a time out. And I pray for us as your people would take a time out to love you, to serve you. Lord, help us not to be so busy like Martha in the kitchen that she got agitated outwardly, anxious inwardly. And Jesus, you said about Mary, one thing is needful. Oh, Lord, search us now. Cleanse my heart now. And give us grace to set our priorities in this life, whatever time we've got allotted. I pray for every daddy, every mama, every man, every woman, every family here today that God you'd make us wise as serpents, harmless as doves, that we'd understand the times in which we're living and that we'd shine uh, our light before men, that we'd send out the gospel, the good news, that Jesus Christ, you are who you say you are and you will come again, we'll stand before you and have to give an account of our life. So we ask now, as we open our hearts, our minds, to have your will and way, and we'll give you glory, Jesus, as you change our lives in Jesus' name. And the church said, the biblical confirmation, can I tell you this, the biblical confirmation. Do you know the Bible declared that Israel would depart out of her homeland? In fact, if you're a Bible student, you study and well know that there are three uh, parts to the Jews departing, dispersing from their homeland. Can I quickly give you an overview? Number one, the Jews departed out of their homeland. When, you recall, Jacob led 70 people into Egypt, the next thing you know, they multiply. This is in the book of Exodus, if you're wondering. And the next thing you know, Moses leads 2 million outside of Egypt. Israel, a people that God had chosen, God chose, are you ready? A people, a place, and a plan. God has a people, a place, and a plan. He called Abraham in Genesis chapter 12 and, and through chapter 17 developed an unconditional covenant. We call that the Abrahamic covenant. A people, a place, and a plan. Jerusalem would be the focal point. And how many know that God is aggressively jealous of Jerusalem? All you got to do is read the book of Zechariah and find out that God is jealous, aggressively jealous over Jerusalem. Say that name with me. Jerusalem. Say it again. Jerusalem. 764 times Jerusalem is mentioned in the Bible. David it was that brought back the Ark of the Covenant to make Jerusalem the political capital in chapter 5 of the book of 2 Samuel, in chapter 6 of the book of 2 Samuel, he made it not only the political capital, he made it the spiritual capital. And then in chapter 7 of the book of 2 Samuel, that David and the Lord established not only the political capital and the spiritual capital, but the eternal capital, Jerusalem. 764 times mentioned. And keep your eye on that place as we saw a moment ago. The Messiah's temple will be rebuilt in God's timing. Let me just go back to it in case you're wondering. 
this will come down. The gold dome of the rock. There is a Alaska mosque, which is a Muslim uh, mosque on the Temple Mount. This is not it. It's another mosque. I believe this is it right here. And therefore, the Waf has control of the Temple Mount. However, one day Christ is coming again. In the book of Ezekiel chapter 43, we read that Ezekiel saw the glory of God in chapter 1. The glory of God departed off the Ark of the Covenant. The glory of God departed off of Jerusalem. The glory of God went to the Mount of Olives and departed. However, Ezekiel, a both prophet and a priest, declares in the end times when God gets ready that the glory of God, Jesus Christ, will come in chapter 43 of the book of Ezekiel. And he will indeed uh, rebuild the temple according to Zechariah chapter 6 and verse 12. And Ezekiel chapter 40 through chapter 48 declares 202 verses that Messiah's temple will be built and Jesus Christ will come and sit on his throne and many of the Jews will turn to their Messiah whom they pierce and they'll be saved in a day according to Romans chapter 11 and verse 25. I give you a little bit brief uh, history of um, what's going to happen in the future, but let me finish the account. Not only were the Jews dispersed as in the days of uh, Jacob, but if you trace the Bible, you Bible students know that after Joshua enters into the promised land recorded in the book of Joshua, it was uh, later in the year 605 B.C., 722 B.C., 586 B.C., that Nebuchadnezzar and the Babylonians came to destroy Jerusalem, burn it to the ground. Therefore, the Jews were uh, ejected out of their homeland. Did they come back? Yes. We call that in the Hebrew word, Aliyah. Say that with me. Aliyah. Say it again. And just like the word of the Lord declared, recorded in the book of Ezra, a king who did not know God, namely Cyrus, the Lord stirred his heart and allowed 50,000 Jews to go back to their homeland. Why? To rebuild the temple. What year? 536 B.C. And just like the word of the Lord declared. Now, the third aliyah, or the third dispersion, is recorded in the book of Matthew 24, where Jesus said to the disciples, When will the end time come? And what will be the signs of your coming? Exactly 40 years after our Lord looked at the temple, Herod's temple, that took 46 years to rebuild after Zerubbabel and Joshua came back to build the temple. As I just mentioned, it was destroyed. Jesus looked at Herod's temple and said, not one stone will be standing upon another. And therefore, in 70 AD, 40 years to our prediction of our Lord, the Romans stormed in and burned the temple. Therefore, the Jews were dispersed around the world. I got good news for you. I said that to say this. Did you know? Did you know? According to the book of Ezekiel, chapter 34 through 37, that God said the Jews will return to their homeland. Did you know in 1948, I think it's May the 14th, 1948, we went to the first prime minister of Israel's home, Ben-Gurion. What a man of faith. What a man of courage. Watch this. In spite of America's support, it was an amazing historical event. 
unparalleled in history, the little state of Israel. Uh, just a small place in comparison to other world countries declared on that special day in 1948, declared a nation of fulfillment of Ezekiel's prophecy that God would bring them back to their homeland. And they're pouring in. I think it's 8 million now. I'm not exactly sure the number, but they're pouring in like the word of the Lord declares. The biblical confirmation. Can I tell you what this means on God's timetable? Can I tell you what this means? Not only the biblical confirmation, but next we'll see in a moment the great evacuation, the terrible tribulation, the mighty revelation, and the final destination. I hear somebody saying, Pastor, this needs to be two or three messages. I know, but bear with me for a moment. Here we're in the church age. Can you see it over there? The church age right now. And yet, uh, this, uh, this time where the Bible has been confirmed, I, there's many, many confirmations. The first coming of Jesus, 3,333 predictions and yet fulfillments. We could go on. The 70 years of captivity, Jeremiah 25, verse 10, verse 11. Also declared in Jeremiah, not only 25, but Jeremiah 29, a fulfillment, Second Chronicles chapter 36, verse 18, that the Jews would be taken in their homeland 70 years, fulfilled by the word of the Lord. I wish I had time to talk about Ezekiel chapter 26 and the fulfillment of the falling of Tyre. 250 years prior to it ever happening. I wish I had time to tell you about Daniel chapter 11 and the five personalities that are described in Daniel 11. Ahasuerus, or Arthur Exorcist, and Alexander the Great, and then uh, the one who inhabited the temple, that is the Antiochus, and then Antiochus Epiphanes, and finally number five, described in the book of the, in the book of, uh, Daniel chapter 11, the Antichrist. All I'm saying is this, the Bible has been fulfilled in the past. It will be fulfilled in the present. And you can rest assured, you can stand on the Word of God. You show me another book that you can tell me all of that. Prophecy fulfilled. There's not one. And not written after the event happened. Rather, the Dead Sea Scrolls, other archaeological findings, corroborate, verify. The Bible is a supernatural book. Now, here's the question. Are you reading it? It'll change your life. <laughs> the Word of God, sanctify them, Father, by thy truth. Thy Word is truth, John 17, 17. So I'm just saying, this should whet our appetite to dive in the Word of God. So what are we talking about here? The biblical confirmation. Ezekiel 37 is the depiction. I love the song, by the way. Uh, Kathy, uh, uh, dry bones living again. You know, you and Garrett sing that song. Dry bones living again. This is the description in Ezekiel 37 concerning the house of Israel. Ezekiel 37, verse 11. The house of Israel, Judah, Israel. And God said that uh, it's a prediction, and I don't have time to get into all the details, but I will mention this on a side note. Are you ready? Two states will become one state again. Right now on the table, there is this real big war and this real big squabble over the Palestinians. Will they uh, declare as a state? What is the situation here? I'm going to say this on a side word. We can edit the video if we need to, but I want to tell you something. When America stands against Israel, we are in trouble. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Say that with me. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. That's Psalm 122, verse 6. And yet, 
if we as a government or a, a country try to take land away from Israel that God gave them, you can write trouble on the horizon. How many know that we'll get in trouble with God when we start meddling what God said in his word? Now, having said that, uh, the biblical account of the confirmation. Next, what's time out? I believe all of this is setting the stage for that event to come and take place, and that is namely the snatching away of the bride of Christ. The references are numerous. I'll just name a few. You can look them up later. 1 Corinthians 15. Behold, I show you mystery. We shall all sleep. We'll all be changed in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible. The twinkling, 11 hundredths of a second. GE has calculated that, or a blink of the eye, that pass, Christ will come. And Paul picks up on that theme, as you're well aware, writing to the church of Thessalonica, wondering that church, are we going to see our loved ones again? My dear dad's birthday, first birthday in heaven was this week, and I got to thinking about that. Paul said, the Lord will ascend from heaven with a shout, the voice of the archangel, the trump of God, the dead in Christ rise first. <laughs> Somebody said, why are they rising first? Six feet further to go, hello. The dead in Christ arise first. Those of us that are alive and remain caught up together with them, snatched away, harpazo, or rapio is the Latin word, snatched with force. How many believe God can do that? This is not Hollywood. This is not a fairy tale. You mark it down, it's going to happen. Now you say, but how can you explain that? Look at me. I can't understand how black cow can eat green grass and produce white milk, but I still drink it. You think I can explain in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth? God don't have to explain it, brother. If God said it, it's done. And I believe it. Whether I can understand it or explain it at all, hello. I don't understand a lot of things, but I know this. I know Jesus changed my life. I need some help there. I said Jesus changed my life. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, are you changed? Are you changed? Do you got Jesus in your heart? Come on, folks. Do you got Jesus in your heart? i tell you what. I know the Lord is real. I know the Lord is real. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy. Ah, listen, I know you're taking it in. I love you. Hey, look, you know what's going to happen? The great escape. Jesus said in my Father's house, of many mansions, it were not so ever I told you, I'd go to a prayer place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again, receive you unto myself, that where I am there you may be also. This is in the upper room, and this is in reference to him coming again. Beautiful picture of the bride and the bridegroom. Jews would have understood clearly what he was referring to in the upper room. It's a wonderful parallel with the rapture of the church. The bridegroom going away to his father's house, preparing after making a covenant with his bride, and then coming and picking her up in the, pre in the uh, preordained time, likewise, in the rapture to meet the Lord in the air. The great evacuation. I want to tell you something. I don't think anything needs to take place for this to take place right here. I think we're right on the brink of the Lord coming again. Paul said this in Philippians 3. Our citizenship is in heaven where we eagerly await the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. He was looking for the Lord to come again. John was looking for the Lord to come again. Peter was looking for the Lord to come again. How many of y'all are looking for the Lord to come again? Hey, don't get too satisfied and situated in this old life. No, no, no. Don't be like Lot's wife. Her heart was in Sodom. She couldn't stand the thought of leaving Sodom. And therefore, she turned into a pillar of salt. What a message. Lord, help us to be looking up because our redemption draws nigh. 
Well, what's going to happen place, take place in the tribulation? I'll tell you what. The tribulation's going to come. And after the rapture of the church, Revelation 6 through 18 is going to be fulfilled. I mentioned to you about what we just saw on this picture right here. And let me just tell you what's going to happen. I think this is a stage setter. I believe this is going to be a precursor right now, what we just saw in the picture. Where in the world is Islam going to fit in God's total picture of the end time? Where's Islam? I mean, where's this going? Well, I believe that I don't have time to elaborate on it completely, but I just do want to share with you a couple of things. And... Uh, <laughs> I've already been X'd out. This message, I had two other slides on here. They've been taken off by YouTube. Thank you. God bless you. We don't need to have it on there. Bless God. I can just share the Word of God. And the church said, Amen. I had other slides. That's all right. I'm going to tell you what I had. Here's the scenario. In, I believe, the end time after the rapture of the church, Ezekiel 38 and 39 is going to happen. What is Ezekiel 38 and 39? Katie, can you pick me up on the floor? I'm sorry? Yes. All right, thank you. Ezekiel 38 and 39 is going to happen. What is Ezekiel 38 and 39? A coalition of nations, Russia leading the way, Gog and Magog. All of this is described in Ezekiel 38. The word of the Lord came to the Son of Man, saying, Set your face against Gog and Magog. Gog is a ruler, and uh, Magog is none other than Russia. They relocated north of the, the, the Black Sea. Here's the scenario according to Ezekiel 38. I just mentioned Ezekiel 37. The Jews will return back to their homeland. And you can mark it down. This coalition of nations, alignment of nations, Gog and Magog, and then there are other nations that are mentioned. Are y'all listening? Do y'all know what time we're living in? Do you really know what time we're living in? Time out! Before time's out! There's a world out there wondering where in the world we're at, what's going on, is there hope? Is there, is, there, is there life? These nations, can I tell you who the other nations are? See if this rings a bell. All you got to do is turn on the news. Meshach, Tubal, Tagarma, who are those? Boys of Noah who had Shem, Ham, and Japheth and their sons. Meshach, Tubal, Tagarma, who's that? Modern day Turkey. And Erdogan, the mastermind, the uh, dictator who is in Turkey, makes no bones about it. He is out for an Islam caliphate. And he's going to do everything he can. You mark it down. So we're talking about, imagine for a moment, a coalition of nations north of Israel invading Israel. Why? Ezekiel 38 says it'll be a time during unwalled cities. It appears it'll be a peaceful state, at least a pseudo-peace, counterfeit peace. When the Antichrist, Daniel 9, 27, confirms a covenant, at the very beginning of the tribulation. And these nations, not only Russia and Turkey, but there are, guess what other nations, according to Ezekiel 38, 5. You ready? Persia. Who is Persia? Modern-day Iran, Afghanistan, and Pakistan. Persia, Iran. Do I need to tell you what's happened in the news lately? Do I need to tell you what happened last week? as far as one of their uh, nuclear sites being attacked. Did y'all hear about that? You did hear about that, right? This is in Iran. Who did it? Uh, there was one gentleman, they've got their target on him. I won't go into all the information concerning that because I don't know the final detail. 
But I want to tell you this, the Bible predicts that Iran will join this other nations along with guess who else. Now, you'll not derive this from, that's why it's important to study the Bible. You'll not derive this from Ezekiel 38 alone. But if you looked at Daniel chapter 11, you'd find out Syria is going to join that crowd. That's the king of the north. Do I need to tell you about Bashar Assad and all the stuff's going on in Syria? Do I need to tell you about that? Do I need to tell you about, watch this, did y'all read, am I just shooting from the hip? Is America fixing to put sanctions on Russia or is America fixing to put sanctions on Russia? I can't hear you. I'm just saying, beloved, God's word is true. And yet we had a relationship. Oh, but what about China, brother pastor? This coalition of nations also mentioned in, Ezekiel, uh, in excuse me, Psalm 83, the Ishmaelites and other uh, Tyre, which is uh, Lebanon. You can do the study. I'm sorry I don't have time, and they took my map off. Bless the Lord anyway. But here's where I'm going with that. The uh, other coalition of nations are going to invade Israel from the north. All I'm saying is this. This is taking place in this terrible time of tribulation. The Antichrist confirms this covenant. A global world leader who has a global mindset. He will be a man who honors the God of forces, according to Daniel chapter 11. This Antichrist will be one who's described in Daniel. Is this too much information Sunday morning? Is this too much information Sunday morning? Y'all catching this? Okay, good. I know it's like a lot, but hey, this is preparation. We need to know where we're going. Uh, as I was saying, the Antichrist, the man of sin, who is going to confirm this covenant, Daniel 9, 27, with the Jewish people. It's on the table. It's, it's there. The Palestinians, the Hamas, the Hezbollah, and all that's transpiring in our world. Again, it's setting the stage for the Word of God to be fulfilled. And this tribulation time where the Lord makes a pseudo peace, and yet he pours out his wrath in the form of seven seals, seven trumpets, seven vials. And I tell you what, all of this is leading up to the battle of all battles, the battle of Armageddon. I stood there on the outskirts of the valley of Jezreel. At the end of the tribulation will be the culmination of not only Ezekiel 38 and 39, where God intervenes these coalition of nations. He absolutely, watch this, boom! Breaks the back of five, six of the army. All you got to do is read chapter 39 and find out. And I believe the common denominator of these armies is Muslim dominated, with exception of Russia and even there. So the question is, where does Islam fit in the overall end time scenario? I'm just telling you, this is what the Bible teaches. Five, six of the army, boom. What about China? Where they fit in this big overall picture? I'm glad you asked. Why? Because the book of Revelation chapter 16 verse 12 describes the kings of the east will be demonically led by these frog-like spirits across the Euphrates River. Why? To merge there in Jerusalem and uh, to uh, uh, fight against the Lord. All this will lead up to the time of second coming of Jesus Christ described in Zechariah chapter 14 verse 1. Behold, the day of the Lord comes and the Lord will gather all nations against Jerusalem to battle. Do you hear me? The Lord will gather all nations against Jerusalem to battle. Time out. Time out. Where's American Bible prophecy? 
If America is left, America will be in the crowd that comes against Israel. Mark it down. Now, how many of y'all are not glad about that? I'm saying this, beloved. We, the blood-bought, blood-washed church, children of God right now, are the restraining element keeping all hell from breaking loose in America. If it wasn't for the light and the salt that you and I are, we hadn't seen anything yet. Let your light shine. Let your light shine. A decaying the society. Well, the Armageddon will take place. Christ will put his feet on the Mount of Olives. The Mount of Olives shall split in two. Zechariah 14, 4. Revelation 19, verses 11 following, says his, uh, out of his mouth goes a sharp sword. He smite the nations. He that treads upon the winepress of the fierceness of the wrath of Almighty God. All of that will lead into the wonderful, after the rapture, the marriage of the Lamb, the judgment seat of Christ, and then the marriage supper of the Lamb. I'm racing through this because my time is gone. But all of this will culminate in when Christ comes, as I showed you the picture of Jerusalem. He will set up his millennial kingdom, his kingdom there shall be no end. The church will get back here and participate in this wonderful time of peace and prosperity. However, Satan will be loosed out of his prison according to Revelation chapter 20 verse 7. Imagine, people say today, oh, if we just had the right environment, man wouldn't be a sinner. I beg your pardon. Man's a sinner by nature, choice, and birth, and it's proven Clearly, in Revelation chapter 20, when Satan will be bound for 1,000 years, and yet at the end of 1,000 years, he'll go out to deceive the nations. Many will follow him. Imagine, after 1,000 years of peace and prosperity. But the Word of God declares it, and I believe it. Somebody say amen. All right, stand together. Hey, you know what's going to happen next? The mighty revelation, and then finally the final destination. Eternity past, eternity past, eternity present, eternity future. Time out, time's running out. Time out, time is running out. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Time out. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we just don't want information. We want application. And I pray right now, Father, oh God, you'd search us. You'd let us know what time it is. It's a late hour. Wake us up, Lord. Many of our family are at ease. Many of our family not serving. Oh God, many in our community undone, lost. Without you, Jesus, I pray you'll shake us. I pray you'll cleanse my heart. And I ask now that you prepare us, Lord, for that home-going celebration. Help us to be faithful until you come again. And we give you glory now. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.